0: To start it off, I think I want to trade Patrick Mahomes for Austin Eckler. Should I do it?
1: I cannot believe you would ever give up your golden child. Should I do That's it? That's your son. You're putting him up for adoption?
0: Papa needs to win the last third of his fantasy league.
1: You really have no faith in your man.
0: Well, no, he's great. I'm just I my I have no fucking running back core. It's it's so bad. I need a good running back. Austin Eckler's currently the best running back i mean mm-hmm. who do you
1: have in terms of quarterbacks if you give up Mahomes,
0: nobody but i can pick somebody up
1: who are you gonna pick up that's worth a damn
0: there's a lot of average guys so basically do i trade one of the best for another one of the best
1: i mean brand loyalty Absolutely not. You should never do that.
0: I know, but I want to win. But in terms of... I mean,
1: listen, you're asking someone who does not understand how fantasy works, so I can't coin. give you any real insight.
0: Okay. Have you seen The Conversation? Uh, yes. How many times?
1: Uh, once, I think.
0: With me? Actually,
1: maybe twice. I think this is another one that we watched in film school. Oh, yeah. And I think I'd seen it before then. With you, I think you showed it to me at one point.
0: We keep, we talked about the last time. Mm-hmm. we've seen this before, yeah, together. Mm-hmm. Do you remember liking it?
1: I uh, remember having no strong feelings on it either way, which means I probably enjoyed it well enough, but it didn't mm-hmm. like strike me in any particular way, um which for me is kind of just generally the road for Coppola, Good. really? Yeah. I have a good time. I thought you really liked it. him for some reason. No, I'm not like a I'm not up in there on it, you know what I mean? But I don't I like most of his movies.
0: He is one of those directors where people talk so big of him, but nobody really talks about his movies.
1: Yeah, he's it's one of very, he's very much a figure. Yes. But I think if you asked most people, like, what has he done? Outside of The Godfather, they're not going to have an answer for you. Yeah,
0: like that run of films in the 70s and everything post-1979, 1978 has just been.
1: But I think he's also such a figure because of the people he's worked with who still speak of him often. Like, I think he makes a really big impression as a director on the team that he works with. yeah. As far as I know, I think he's also been really philanthropic in giving back to young filmmakers.
0: He makes a shit ton of money. Yeah. A lot of money.
1: But he does, I think he really makes a point of investing it back in mm-hmm. to filmmaking communities.
0: Okay, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the real sauce. All the, right. the meat and potatoes, if you will.
1: Those are two very different things, for sure.
0: Spielberg. hmm Scorsese. hmm De Palma. Yeah. Coppola. For sure. Lucas.
1: I love these names.
0: Of those five, currently, currently, who do you think is the craziest? The craziest? Like the most wild. I
1: don't know. I feel like they've all, as most people do with age, mellowed out.
0: Okay, so back in the day, who do you think was the most craziest? Scorsese. Really? At
1: at least... And I am not as well-versed in their 70s escapades as you are, but as far as I know, that man was doing some bullshit. (laughs) And you know, as you should.
0: Have you heard about that book, Easy Riders, Raging Bulls? Yes, of course. Have you read it? No. I need to give you my copy. I don't know. That book, also the book I was reading when I found out I had a kidney stone, fun little timeline, but that (laughs) book, that book is very interesting (laughs) Because it's like... That's
1: like an x-ray fact if you're watching an Amazon show.
0: Yeah. That's going to be like my Wikipedia personal life. Blake Miller (laughs) discovered when he had... Yeah. That book's interesting, even though it's been highly contested that it's made up. But it like looks at all those people. Margot Kidder's in it a lot. It looks at those people and like the inside scoop of what it was like being in their orbit back in the day. And it is fascinating. I love it. Hmm. As a you know somebody like adores a lot of those people um yeah it's just really interesting
1: i love a good chronicling of the time it's a little
0: little gossy it's a little drama
1: Mm -hmm. i think part of my problem is i don't read books the way that i used to anymore i really should like see if i can give audiobooks a shot because i used to love reading and now i'm like i It requires so much concentration to sit down and read a book. I
0: thought you still, I'm looking at your Kindle by your bed. I thought you still.
1: I do from time to time, but not the way that I used to. Like I used to inhale books and now, and it's not because I like don't do anything, but like last night I got off work and sat down at my little table and sewed for like six hours straight.
0: You sew for six hours straight.
1: When I was making okay, fun fact, here's my little oh, Amazon. Tell everybody X-ray what fact. you were for
0: Halloween. Yeah,
1: I was Pearl for Halloween and I handmade my dress, which fun fact, was the first garment I had ever sewn.
0: That was the first thing you've ever sewed.
1: I no, I've like I knew I know my way around a sewing machine. I'd made a lot sure, of like hobby but... things and crafts and stuff, but I'd never made like a wearable garment. And I came out the gate swinging with that one. And I sat down the uh-huh. so we had a party Saturday night for Halloween. I sat down at this table at nine a m and I didn't get up until four p m and I was at that party by six thirty.
0: Do you tell the people how long it took you to make that pearl dress?
1: I mean outside of that Saturday,
0: yeah, like accumulated hours accu-
1: uh, cumulative for uh-huh. sure yes i it was like seven hours of sewing on Friday and then from because I didn't get my fabric until Monday because it took forever to come in Monday to Thursday it was like four hours after work every day of me just cutting out patterns and cutting out fabric not even doing any physical sewing until Friday listen Kate Napoli I need a little pressure in my life you know
0: good god
1: (laughs) I make really healthy decisions, and right now I'm trying to recreate a skirt that I own that I love dearly and refuse to pay for again, because uh, it was expensive. And is, so, I'm, is that,
0: did you get wine on it or something?
1: No, it's it works. I just want it in different colors.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's
1: like $130 a skirt if I want to buy it in oh, other colors. Oh my! Oh. Uh huh. Exactly. Um. So I'm trying to make it myself. If hey. it ever comes to fruit, well, it will come to fruition. But if it's like fit to be seen in public, uh-huh. um, I'll post it on the Instagram.
0: Hey, what are we drinking tonight?
1: We are drinking <laughs> martinis. Sorry, we are I have a eh? <laughs> We're drinking martinis. We're talking about the conversation. The conversation takes place in San Francisco, which we know mm-hmm. intimately. Fun little fact, uh, the martini was invented in San Francisco. The drink itself was not invented there, But the iteration of the martini as we know it was invented in San Francisco. It existed as a drink of a different name before that, but it had maraschino cherry liquor in it.
0: The hell?
1: Mm -hmm. And someone in San Francisco pulled out the maraschino cherry. And ever since then, we've had the martini.
0: I really don't like olives, so this is about to be really interesting in the next, you know, couple minutes when I come back on this mic.
1: I mean, I intentionally bought, intentionally bought olives with anchovies in it because I know you love anchovies so much. I
0: love anchovies.
1: I don't know how you can love anchovies and not like olives. Have
0: you tried anchovies? Yeah, you've made me try them. I don't like them. You get freaked out by them.
1: Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not a fish girl.
0: The thing with olives is that it's more vinegar-y, and anchovies and sardines are just, like, salty.
1: I like olives. I love pickles. If you put it in a, a brine. Mm-hmm.
0: I do love a pickle, but an I will olive mess is... up
1: a pickle. Mm. I almost bought pickles, and we could have done martinis with pickle
0: juice. But... Uh, oh, 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 martinis that would have been so
1: good. I mean, it's not too late. We can run back to the apple market before no, we start. it's fine. It's just around the corner.
0: I need to pay you back for those olives. I'll, I'll like them. I, I'm coming oh my God, around were like to $4. all. This.
1: Let's we don't you don't need to Venmo me. You and the Venmo. It's becoming a problem.
0: How is it becoming <laughs> a problem?
1: I'm waiting for the day that I give you a stick of gum and you're like, "So how much was the pack?"
0: I would never and do that. How many sticks were in it? I would <laughs> never do that. I it's never became a problem. <laughs> I'm not bad with I it. I do like teasing you about it, stuff, but you're right not away. bad
1: about it. Like some people are bad about it because they will request you for everything. You will just send me money in like two, three dollar increments for things that I didn't even think about. I do. Yeah. I'll be well, like, why bad. are you paying me
0: for this? Well, I don't want to fucking?
1: No, I, it's. I'd rather you do that than Venmo request me fifty cents every time I do anything in your proximity. But like, I just think it's funny. You'll send me $2. And I'm like, why? Why?
0: And you pay you less. Well, oh, you're talking about, the, <laughs> you're talking about how we rented the movie recently. Yeah, you do it yes. for when
1: we rent the movies for this.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that's not fair. If no, just no, I get that. The, yeah. Uh, what can I say? I'm a fair and honest gent. I'm so sweet and kind. Just
1: so generous.
0: All right. Let's make these dirty little. Let's make the drinks. drinks. Let's
1: watch the movie.
0: All right. Roll the tape. ready yeah three two one three, three. <laughs> bro all right
1: no disrespect to gene i feel like we've done three for now two out of three of the movies in his run
0: because they're not wait was superman his movie yeah. or Margot's? Okay. it was both it's interesting to see what he picked do you know what i'm saying
1: this is his favorite film that he acted in
0: Oh, he said that? Mhm. Well, I mean, of course it is.
1: He does a good job.
0: He does a great he's job. He's very believable. This is a actors movie. I mean, it's, yeah. it's 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 not in a lot of these films that we've watched. They are actor films.
1: I don't know. I feel like that's what a lot of people have to say about Coppola. A, he makes actors movies, and B, actors that work with him love him.
0: Well, because he's not Yeah, if you look at, you know, I'm paraphrasing here just what I like researched and studied over years and years, of just watching his movies are you a nerd a little bit i think so the way he makes movies and how he's described making movies is it's so collaborative and he's like everybody it's like a summer camp like everybody come in let's all add to it let's all figure this out just keep adding and adding and adding and more and more and more which you really see that in a movie like apocalypse now mm-hmm. but you really see that through all his films like there's these uh have you seen Finian's rainbow
1: okay here's here's a fun fact i knew that was a musical i did not actually know it was based on a movie
0: Oh, it, it was an early Coppola movie. and
1: Wait, let me make sure I'm thinking of the same thing.
0: You probably, I mean, it's with a name like Finian's Rainbow. It's kind of hard to.
1: Yeah, I feel like there can't be that many.
0: Well, the thing that I've noticed, I think we should talk about the movie versus Hackman separately. Because I think with this film, there's a clear dividing line.
1: Sorry, I'm, I'm oh, sorry. confirming whether or not Finian's Rainbow is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah, I just feel like there's probably not a whole lot to say about his performance beyond it's good.
0: Well, I, th- I, to add to it, I have a lot to say about his performance.
1: Okay, then get into it.
0: <laughs> no, I, th- I think this movie really shows you in a microcosm why everybody loved 70s films. And that's because all these movies were just character films. They mm-hmm. really didn't – I mean, for the most part, obviously, it's not every movie, right? But for the most part, they placed such a high value on the actors and the actors' performance. Mm-hmm. And then the story was second. Whereas today, I mean, it could be farther from the truth. But back, Today,
1: not even the story is yeah paramount. It's straight up just visual effects.
0: Well – that could get us on a big tangent.
1: Yes, it could. We're not going to go there.
0: But, th- I mean, all these all these guys and gals that were really big in the 70s, they all came from, typically, they all came from the New York scene. And it was such a theatrical, stage-centered, mm-hmm. you know, everybody came from the actor's studio, all these guys and girls.
1: And it was kind of when film was gaining some level of credibility for actors. Like, right. Like, prior to the... Late 60s, acting was not, acting for film specifically, was not seen as like actual acting. And that's especially why a lot of performances in the 40s and 50s are very over exaggerated, still dazzlingly fun, Mm -hmm. but not even remotely the same.
0: Yeah. And
1: this is the first time you start to see that. So I think they really indulged in it.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's funny too, looking back at some of the interviews with those those guys talking about films a lot of those guys in that class that were the directors talked about like oh i make my movies for characters i don't mm-hmm. make my movies for stories and you fucking notice it right away yeah Be- because this movie well i want you to say what you said about the 65 five thirty thing okay yeah
1: this is a long one and i am quite drunk so you're gonna have to stick with me on it are you really these martinis i always forget I even gave you the caution as I handed you the glass. A martini is just straight liquor. Straight vodka. There's nothing else in it. Mm -hmm. And every time I'm like, oh my God, I love martinis. They're so cute. I get drunk off my ass. So that's where I'm at. Not quite off my ass. Let's ask you a
0: lot of questions then. Go for it. We're
1: up here. There is this trend in the 70s of movies having what I personally consider highly unnecessary epilogue acts to their stories. I most recently noticed it when we went and rewatched Thief and I noticed it in this one. They have like 65% of the movie is rising action. You get to the climax and it's very short. It's usually kind of ambiguous. There's no real falling action. Mm -hmm. And then you just get into this random 15 to 20 minute second story that acts as an epilogue to whatever just happened and I don't understand why it makes the movie feel so unnecessarily long and it really doesn't tell you anything now this one was much shorter than the one in thief
0: yeah thief was like the midpoint felt like the climax yeah Um, right
1: We're not talking about Thief today. I do like that movie, but the way it's paced, truly, the way it's paced is bizarre to me. But I do like that movie. Was
0: he one of your? Was he one of your seventies daddies, James Conn Back in the day.
1: Um, no, but I always liked him. Yeah, I feel like he. he, It was hard for him to reach that status because my first exposure to that to him that I remember was Elf, and so it was just kind of like Elf, really. Yeah,
0: isn't it you that said, or was it somebody else that said? I love James. I hate how hot I think James Caan is in The Godfather because he's such a piece of shit.
1: Probably. His like that character. sounds like me. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I think that's what that you said. It like made me laugh so <laughs> hard when you said that. Anyways,
1: I always think it's interesting too when you talk about his character in The Godfather. People have very different opinions on whether or not he's oh, a piece of shit. Oh, people
0: fight about that. Yeah. Well, because it ends with on paper him doing something honorable. Is how he dies. Yeah, he's gonna go beat the shit out of yeah. somebody that hurt his sister. But there's also a very weird. He has a very weird relationship with Talia Shire's
1: character. Mm-hmm. We, or Talia, I, I could, Sorry. I could go on, but I simply will not at this moment in time. Yeah, may we should do a Coppola run and we should talk about the Godfather. I would love to. If
0: we did a Coppola run, oh my god,
1: we should. I don't see why not. We're adding it to the docket. Episodes
0: hit. would be doubled in length, probably. Yeah.
1: And you know what? You'd enjoy every single second of it. Okay. You we would know what? dig into that one. I yeah. wouldn't.
0: He, his... You don't want to
1: talk about Coppola movies?
0: Well, I was going to say we should break this up between his performance and then Coppola's movie. Okay. Because there's something about Coppola movies I've just never connected to. I, I think they're great. He's one of those people that you know I watch those movies and I know they're good. I mean look, I don't think like you're a big boy now or Finn and Rainbow or like the early stuff is like my thing. I know a lot of people like those movies. This really early work. But even going into like Godfather, Godfather two, apocalypse now conversation, all these all these the ones he's really Mm -hmm. known for, they just I just don't really connect to them. I think they're great movies. The fucking performances, that is the one thing I will say about all of his movies. And you already noted, his actors loved him because he got the best performances out of them. Mm-hmm. Like, even when I don't like his movies, even the guys that are playing the bit parts, I kept saying that yeah. when we were watching this. They're amazing. John Cazale, we'll, I'll hold him till later. But all these people in here, they're yeah. just, yeah, they're great.
1: I think he also just gives them a lot of room. Right. At least that's what it reads.
0: Which I think when you go to a of movie, you're watching the performances. I think every yeah. the, we have a built-in perception even something like the fucking Outsiders. I love the Outsiders. I couldn't tell you what the real story of the Outsiders is. He, like, kills somebody, and then he goes and bleaches Oh, get his out hair. of here.
1: I could give you a beat-by-beat beat breakdown right now.
0: Right, but what you remember about that movie is those boys.
1: Absolutely. Right.
0: You remember that before the story, right? Like, that yeah. puts more precedence. Dude, that ending, that fight when Patrick Swayze, just, oh, my God. That fight in The Outsiders is so good.
1: The Outsiders is a phenomenal movie. Okay, we have to do a Coppola run because we have to talk about The Outsiders. It's been decided. I'll find a way to get us there.
0: People rag on The Outsiders all the time. Who? Everybody does. I don't.
1: I've never met anybody that hated The Outsiders movie.
0: I'm pulling up a letterbox. I don't
1: trust the hose on Letterboxd. There's a reason I'm not on there. neither do
0: I, sister. Neither do I. You're
1: a contributor.
0: Yeah, I got to log my shit.
1: Yeah, we're all right.
0: I'm an e girl, okay. Just leave me alone.
1: He's a VTuber.
0: What is a VTuber? I was
1: just gonna say. I bet you don't even know what that is. Yeah, I don't. I can't say that I generally relate to Coppola movies. Like, I don't connect with them emotionally in the sense that I hard like I don't really ever see anything of myself. in Does not
0: really shine the best spotlight on a no, woman.
1: <laughs> no, he doesn't. But you know what's funny? But
0: sorry, I'm I cutting do
1: enjoy them. Like even this one where I've got I've got some opinions on the pacing and narrative decisions that were made. I still enjoy it. It's still a good movie.
0: Speaking of women in his movies overall, I'm not saying this for this movie. What's interesting is that it's not the best representation, but weirdly they're good characters. Like I'm thinking primarily of obviously like Diane Keaton in The Godfather. Talia Shire, Talia Shire. I don't know how you say his sister's name. I'm, I probably sound like a dunce.
1: Pick one and stick to it.
0: The the daughter, the Corleone daughter. Yeah. And not, not really in this movie, but there are glimmers of the women in this movie where you go, oh, that's like very grounded in reality and feels down to earth. I'm not saying throughout, but I just find that interesting about him.
1: I feel like every single, and I have nothing to back this up. This is pure conjecture. Let's hear it. I think every single female character he's ever written was directly ripped from a woman in his own life. And that's why they feel real. But they're also heavily skewed by his own perception of How them. How is
0: that? I think that's pretty factual. That almost feels factual to me. Well, it feel feels, like
1: but I don't like, he's never said that. Well, There's yeah, no. Right. That's why I mean, it's just conjecture. But that's right. what it always feels like. Because there is always something where it's like, like you said, grounded but not necessarily like strong female representation or well-written characters. They're still very two dimensional in a lot of ways because they're how he views the women that he is basing these characters off of, which is not a knock on Francis Ford Coppola. I'm not out here saying that he's a misogynistic prick. I just,
0: I don't think that's misogynistic. I think he's just for his generation It's probably being very woke. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, and <laughs> you know, hey, for sure, it is also really hard to write women characters as good as me. That's just a fact. So, as far as the conversation oh my god, that's goes, right. Blake's
1: a god, everybody go hype him up in the comments. When
0: will you tell me
1: why do you want my validation so bad? Let's get into it. What is I really up with this? Need to
0: stop <laughs> letting my true humor show. There's a mic in front of me. <laughs> God. Okay.
1: Martinis did us in. You know what it was? It was the fucking anchovies.
0: Little salty bitches. John Cazale, hot diggity damn. That motherfucker had it going. I was trying to remember the fifth movie, Dog Day Afternoon.
1: Oh, what a filmography!
0: So, for context, John Cazale. If you've watched any of the big films in the seventies. If you, I had to describe him on a audio only podcast, but he's in The Godfather, or he's Fredo from The Godfather. There you go. Now everybody knows yeah. who he is. Here's the thing. With, <laughs> here's the thing with him. He's in Godfather, Godfather Two, Dog Day Afternoon, Deer Hunter, and of course this movie. And he died right at the end of the seventies. So his filmography is literally five movies, five of the most famous. Yeah. 70s films, if not the, the most famous, some of the most famous films of all time. Yeah. And he is, I swear to God, there's some people like this for me. You probably don't think like this, but like I always think of when I see actors like, oh, my dream world, like who would I want to cast in my movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think like that? No. No. <laughs> I have, I actually have like a list, I think I may have shown you, I have like a paper list of, yeah. yeah, of all the people that I'd want, like, you know, that are still alive. If he was, t- I would put him in every freaking movie that I ever wrote if he was still alive. He- There's just something about John Cazale and everything. I can't take my eyes off him. He's so good.
1: And he's really not a big character in this movie. Yeah. But he steals the scene in every scene he's in.
0: Yes. And Hackman kills it. Oh, like, Hackman yeah. is great. Have you seen Dog Day Afternoon?
1: I want to say yes, but honestly, if you ask me to remember anything about it, I can't.
0: Okay, this may be sacrilege because people always, oh, Pacino, Dog Day Afternoon. Pacino is. Uh, people talk shit on Pacino. Oh, yes, by I the have, way. yes,
1: I have. Yes, I have.
0: Yes, I have. people? Okay. A lot of people like to talk shit about Pacino that are our age. Bunch of fucking momos. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that.
1: I was going to say we could be here for the next 20 minutes dissecting that one. I've that got makes a lot me of thoughts. Yeah.
0: livid. Fucking idiots. I don't know a single thing about movies. Anyways. <laughs> John Cazale, dare I say, and I love Pacino, as you can obviously tell. Yes. In that movie, like when him and Pacino are having scenes together, mm-hmm. I'm just watching him. I'm not even watching Al Pacino.
1: I – I, you want to talk about an X factor. I don't know why, but he has it. And it. It really doesn't matter who you put him up against. He had it in every movie he did.
0: There are people – that feel like they are so cut from life that are not not street casted but are reoccurring in movies Then he is one of them you know mm-hmm. i think there's that's how i would describe it because i think like x factor is you're just draw- I, I mean i feel drawn to him but i feel drawn to him in the way that like he just feels like somebody i knew growing up um, i
1: can't i i wish we'd been able to see him do more I wish he'd been around longer.
0: Yeah. Hey, how did you feel about uh, seeing old San Francisco? Wow. Yeah. What'd you think? Want to get into that one?
1: I had a lot of thoughts. It was weird picking out street corners and knowing exactly where they are in the city and seeing just how dramatically it has shifted. I mean, right off the bat, the movie opens with a shot of Union Square, and it took me a solid, like. 30 <laughs> seconds to a minute to figure out what I was looking at. I was like, what? Yeah. What? When Never did it, it ever that look that nice? Yeah.
0: It used to be such a beautiful city. Yeah. And it, you know, it's still a pretty city, but it, it's not in comparison how it used to be. No. It used to be way prettier.
1: Mm-hmm. Just it was it was a little sad. shocking, yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. Because you, you see San Francisco in the 70s in a lot of movies, but I feel like it's always very stylized. Like the movie I can think of off the top of my head is What's Up, Doc?
0: And, oh, yeah. And Bullet.
1: Yeah, which are very, you know, stylized films. They don't feel necessarily like just ripped from the streets of San Francisco, and this absolutely does. And it was weird because I was like, I've walked there. I I have stumbled drunk down those streets. I know.
0: Isn't that weird to see? Well, it's to see locations and see actors. We kept talking about Gene Hackman looks the same in the 1970s as he did, did in like The Replacements. And even today.
1: Well, yeah, so
0: he. He's always looked the same. Yeah, the Larry well, factor.
1: fun little fact. For this film, they made him look a lot older and frumpier than he did because he was only like 44 yeah. maybe at the time that he made this movie. Um, and obviously being a Hollywood actor, he was like well put together and they obviously had to make him look a little bit unhinged for this one and they do it successfully. But the look that he has in this movie is the look that he has for the rest (laughs) of his career with the exception of young Frankenstein, which we're talking about next week.
0: I'm so excited for that.
1: And Superman. Like he found that look and he was like all right cool
0: can i ask you something mm-hmm. i think about this all the time this is getting in like personal territory Oh God. so you're ready for it do you know when your grandparents like vic and your grandma i always heard your grandma's name but joan you, joan do you know when they were born
1: let me just pull my ancestry.com report give out all their names anyway continue
0: Nella and Ron. there you go, tip for tat, <laughs> Nella. do you know when they were they were born? you got so excited when I said her name. Do you know when they were born? Like um, the years,
1: not off the top of my head, but if you gave me a minute to work it back, like I know how old they are, okay so
0: so what I just the answer is the forties, right, okay, yeah, so when I watch the seventies movies, you're I'm such a psychopath for those, obviously, these. Girls and guys are like some of the, they are the biggest, one of the biggest generations of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. The Warren Beattys, the Jack Nicholson's, the Gene Hackmans, all these guys. Yeah. They're the same generation and almost the same age as our grandparents. Mm -hmm. And this is what they did for a living. They had all these radical, they were, I mean, for the time, radical ideas they are very, you know, they're these pioneering artists. And I always think like, dude, my fucking grandparents are the same age as these people. Like, this is like their generational peers. Mm-hmm. And it blows my mind. It's like, did I tell you that I realized Brad Pitt and my dad are the same fucking age? Brad Pitt and my dad are the same age.
1: I didn't know that. But I mean, it makes sense.
0: It, But does it? I, I, I can't. <laughs> You're th-
1: having a hard time.
0: Well, Uniting about your realities it. here. Well, it's like I'm maybe you know if we have grandchildren someday, they'll be like, oh my god, my grandparents are the same age as Timothy Chalamet. I don't know. I'm just throwing out a metaphor, but it's just it's weird to think my grandpa was the same age as Gene Hackman when this was being made. Just it just puts things into context because they the world of like that is so far mm-hmm. apart from the world of that I know, in a way.
1: I think. I do I 100% get what you're saying. I think for at least for the last couple of movies specifically that we've watched, I like my great aunt was living in San Francisco at this time and when we talk about New York in the 70s, my grandfather lived there, like my father yeah. was born there. So yeah. I have these kind of references where I'm like, well yeah, of course, those things were existing at the same time. I I have a similar dilemma I think when we start talking about foreign films. I'm like, I, that's, it's so far removed from anything that's even close to my reality that mm-hmm. I can't. It feels like a totally different world.
0: It's just nuts to think about.
1: But like films being made today in different countries, I'm like, yeah, for sure. This is, It's the same time period. It makes total sense.
0: Yeah. It feels like it's coming from another planet mm-hmm. in a way, even though it's not. When- I do
1: sometimes think like if my grandparents had made different choices, like specifically my grandparents on my father's side, Because my grandmother was a performer. Like, she was in theater. She, yeah. she. I I don't think ever really got beyond doing it in community spaces. Your grandma
0: was a theater kid?
1: Oh, for sure. She was a huge performer. What? And then decided to become a nurse. And that's how she met my grandfather. And I remember, she's told me this story before, but, like, making that decision was a really big moment for her. She was like, I can either follow this and... Go into the arts and pursue this, or I can become a nurse. And had she chosen to pursue the arts, I would not be here.
0: That is crazy. No, I think about that. My my uh, my grandma met my grandpa just on a random. She was visiting her friend in the hospital, and then he was with his friend visiting the same friend. They just randomly met in a hospital.
1: That's so weird.
0: It's just, you know, now being 25, I feel like this is the first time in my life where I can say see like one or two big decisions that totally changed the route of my life. That had I not made those decisions, my life would be not just different, but like radically opposite.
1: Oh, 100%. And I I I think not only about the decisions that I made, but like kind of the decisions that were made for me that changed the trajectory of my life like moving to California in high school.
0: Are you happy that you did that or that happened?
1: Yeah, I I don't really think about it that often cuz it wasn't it wasn't my choice, so I kind of was like, well, I'm just going to go and make the best of what we got. But I do think about it every once in a while where it's like, I what if we hadn't? Like who would I be? I don't know that so I would have different. I don't know that I would have done any of the things that I've done. Like, I don't know that I would have pursued film. I don't know that we'd be here. I would have never met you.
0: I, weirdly enough, feel like we still would have met. And I can't explain that. And it probably is completely and utterly false. But
1: I was actually thinking about this the other day. I think if I'd stayed here, the first thing I would have wanted to do was get as far away from Chicago as possible. Like, I would have never stayed here. Mm, I would have gotten out of high you, school and been like, I'm going to the coast.
0: Yeah, but do you feel like... I don't know. I, I don't think you would. I think you would have a relationship to Chicago like I do. Like, look, I'm not... Technically, I'm from a suburb of Kansas City. I never want to fucking go back and live there. I want to go back to Kansas City, which I mm-hmm. feel like that's how you are with Glen Ellen. You don't want to go back and live in Glen Ellen, but you, no. you came back to Chicago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know if that's because California made you appreciate it more. I think you genuinely would have...
1: I think San Francisco made me appreciate Chicago more. Oh. For sure.
0: Dog. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> we we Night turn the conversation and, and we just start ragging on. No. San Francisco's fine. It
1: will always hold a very, very bittersweet place in my heart.
0: Bittersweet? Really? Yeah. You'd say bittersweet. Yeah. Because so I special. have a lot
1: of things that I... I, w- I wouldn't be who I am had I not moved there, and I think I really needed it to grow as a person and to learn a lot about myself.
0: And you know what's funny, Kate? This film, it is funny. I, this sounds so new agey and whatever. I'm I'm a big believer in this. Certain cities and locations have a very specific energy and feel to mm-hmm. them that is timeless. It always kind of changes and modifies or whatever, but there's a certain feeling to it and an energy. And watching this movie, it's different, but like it still kind of feels the same, you know? It still feels the same. There's an energy to San Francisco in this movie that kind of feels. San Francisco can be a fucking intense place. Yeah. It can be very intense.
1: Yeah. And it does kind of, I don't know, I think part of it is that it's a thriller. So you yeah. get that kind of high-wire suspense edge, which I think is something that you feel a lot living in that city. But here's the
0: thing. Why is every movie set in San Francisco kind of paranoid? Outside of, like, what, The Princess Diaries? But that doesn't count. Like, every San Francisco <laughs> movie has paranoia in it.
1: Yeah, Vertigo, baby.
0: Vertigo, Zodiac, this one. there's.
1: I You want to know what I really think? I don't think that many people are meant to live on an eight square foot island together. Hell nah. It, you can't help but be paranoid there because you literally are always being watched. Yeah. Someone's always there. It's it, it's a panopticon of a city.
0: Whoa. Look at that big word. Like <sighs> my gosh. Panopticon. What? Four syllables? Very nice.
1: Okay, Scrabble dictionary. Thank you so much for that. I'm
0: very good in Scrabble. Um,
1: I, you are, and it's annoying.
0: <laughs> I love it's, it. We gotta. I people of the world, give me some words so that I can kicking your guys' ass in Scrabble. It makes me so happy.
1: I need to absolutely demolish you once in my life. You it's, know what? That's what I want. That's the only thing I'll ever ask of you. At one point in this life, not let me because I want to earn it. Okay. But just know, I'm putting you on notice. Get the reps at in, one bitch. point in life, <laughs> I am gonna demolish your ass at Scrabble. All right.
0: I the pr- conversation. I practice every night. Yeah. Okay. Three stars. Uh huh. I also say three stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to wrap this up. Though I want to hear a little bit more about San Francisco. So you oh, say it's bittersweet because you were uh-huh. going on on something. I think it'll point to a lot of things about. Again, I think it's very specific to that city.
1: Yeah, I I I agree. I think it's one of those cities that kind of much like the fog that inhabits it. It just kind of seeps into your soul.
0: Shout out, Carl.
1: Carl. Uh, Carl the fog, baby. You'll never it'll never really leave you. But it's also not necessarily the place you need to stay. Like, for me, it was bittersweet because I have so many fond memories and I knew it was something that I really needed to experience in order to grow and move into the next stage of my life. But by the time that I left, I hated that city more than I've ever hated any city ever, with the exception of where I grew up in Illinois. But I just I couldn't be there anymore.
0: Oh, do you hate? You hate Glen Ellen more than SF? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I was making yeah, sure. Yeah, I was making yeah, sure. But yeah, but
1: wildly different reasons.
0: Um, Yeah, it is funny how we have the exact same experience.
1: I think that's actually a pretty common experience for San Francisco. There's just something about it, and I do think it has something to do with just how that tightly packed is. you are. Yeah. And surrounded by water on all sides. Like, I know New York has something similar, but New York's still bigger than San Francisco. Playoffs, yeah, and then even
0: it's, you know, the people that – that's another thing this movie does really well. I think it shows NorCal people accurately because it's very specific, right? Yeah. It's it's very – look, there's always been a lot of money up there, even when it wasn't that expensive in San Francisco, just on the coast. You know, it's a coastal city. Mm-hmm. Moran's always been very wealthy. Recently, I was – talking to uh somebody and they were talking about how this, this really shit shitty ex-boyfriend of theirs right and it's like known that this it's a girl and she was talking about how it's like this 10-year relationship it was really really bad i'll tell you more off air but i go where was he from because we also she lived in san francisco around the same time we did which is kind of mm-hmm. funny but she's older than us and she goes oh he was from marin
1: of and course. I'm like, of
0: course he was, because I we both know.
1: I never met a single person I liked from Marin. I
0: mean, I'm sure there, there are too. some of
1: you out there that are lovely. But none of the ones I met.
0: Anyways, this movie does a great job at uh yes. encapsulating all the all the SF energy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I really just think it's a
0: That's what kind of made it hard to watch for me too. Yeah. It just feels fucking dangerous. That that's, that was my thing with it.
1: It feels dangerous, and it feels like what you're saying is dangerous. Like, because everybody is listening, because it's so small, you kind of always have to speak in a lot, like the characters do in this movie, in half-truths, in double-speak. Like, you don't ever really just say what you mean. Because you don't know who's listening, but you know somebody is. And there's just that kind of unsettled feeling throughout the whole city.
0: So that being said, Coppola did do a really good job with. Yeah. This one did, uh, this one, did, you know, I think ripped that way.
1: At least for me, I don't know about you. For me, a three is like, this is a really solid movie. Yeah. I just don't have any emotional attachment to it, which I guess is kind of rich to say, considering we just talked about how much we feel about the city that it's based in. But
0: Well, I, I, a movie needs to do – I don't really care how a movie makes me feel about a place. It needs to do other things for me to really care about it. Like, you know, I have a lot of other movies where just the location is almost a character unto itself. That's a common trope in film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, this to me, I don't think a lot of people talk about that with this one. To me, it feels like that.
1: I think it's one of those where unless you lived there, it isn't a character in the city or in the movie. Well. But four is. Great. I really enjoyed it. I related to it. Probably wouldn't like rewatch it consistently, but I had a great time. And five is I will rewatch.
0: Five. I could turn it on in three days and I'm watching it again. Five is a perfect. Yeah. Pick up that phone.
1: (laughs) Who's calling? wake of a recent murder there are some witnesses here who could maybe give us some answers about what has happened hello sir did you witness anything strange in the area
0: witness yes is this camera on yes we're live, sir oh oh no nah,
1: i ain't seen nothing i ain't seen nothing matter of fact i'm blind in my left eye and 43% blind in my right eye. I don't see much of nothing. Matter of fact, I can't even see you, sir. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review. It goes a long way towards getting us out there. If you didn't, feel free to argue with us on our socials. You can find us on Instagram at broovies underscore show. And next week we're watching Young Frankenstein.